Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. And as Pastor Joe said, we're going to be talking and highlight, highlighting um, connect groups in the lobbies and talking about it today. And we started this many years ago. And to be honest, when I saw that churches worldwide were beginning to have this movement called small groups happening, um, I, you know, I, I was like thinking, yeah, we should, we should do that as a church. But I didn't have the enthusiasm that I have now because after having done it for so many years and seeing what God does, I am now sold out to the concept of this is well worth our time and effort to get connected with one another this way. And, um, you know, we're such busy people. Our society and Americans, we are so busy. We're so pulled in so many directions that to get us to take on something, we better really know that it matters. And I like this quote from Francis Chan, who is an awesome minister. He says this, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. And I really like that. We want to be putting our time and effort into things that actually matter. And um, so I have seen with connect groups, um, it's, I'm going to just highlight a lot of the different ways that, you know, I know that connect groups impact our lives. But to tell you the truth, there's some intangible ones, too, where it seems like God just honors it when we who follow the teachings of Christ get together as what they call the body of Christ. That's what the Bible calls us. When we get together as the body of Christ, the heavens just open up, and it's an amazing thing. So it's time that matters. It's something worth doing. Um, have you ever done anything where you spent a lot of time and energy doing it, and it just didn't end up being uh, worth your while? Joe and I decided to go to Florida last summer, and we decided to go in the Jeep with the top down. And so we're really excited about that. And you know how it is getting out of town. You plan, and you you know, you get your reservations made, you save your money, all of that. And so we were all ready to go. And normally, you know, Joe is really, really good with directions. And um, I am not at all good with directions. But he says, Gina, the reason you're not good with directions is, he said, you have to see the big picture. He said, I see the map in my head. He said, so if I make a wrong turn, I know how to get back on path because I know what the map looks like. But this time, going to Florida, we decided to rely on the GPS. And so we had been, um, you know, going along, Jeep top down, it's a beautiful day, and we begin to realize that we're getting off of main roads. And now we're in West Virginia, and we get into these um, side roads, and then we find that we're kind of in the hills of West Virginia. And then we're not on regular little roads, we're on gravel roads, and there's little shacks. And I started to hear the music, the dueling banjos of deliverance <laughs> go off in my head. And um, we end up in the driveway of this little shack. And with the Jeep top down, and on my side of the Jeep, there's this real big dog charging the Jeep. 
And me and dogs have not had the best relationship lately. I was attacked by one recently. And so up to that time, so I'm like, Joe, Joe, get us out of here really quick. So he gets us out of there. We get ourselves back on a main road, and we're, we're glad to do it. Now we're getting about two hours into the trip, and we see this sign that says, Pittsburgh, 30 miles. <laughs> So now we are invested in this trip. We put all this energy out. We're enjoying ourselves, but we are no closer to our destination that matters than we were when we started. So we got ourselves on track and had a good time. But we want to be doing things that matter, and we want to see the big picture so that we can always stay on track. Well, Jesus was very, very uh, concerned for us that we would see the big picture And so um, he was one day sitting on the shore, and a very large crowd gathered around him. And and these people were so enthusiastic about Jesus, and the crowd was so large that he actually had to kind of go into a plan B mode and get on the boat to teach from the boat because the shoreline was just loaded with these people who were really enthusiastic about him. So Jesus loves when we're enthusiastic about him and his teachings, But he knows that that is not enough to get us to live a life that actually matters. And so he begins to teach them what is affectionately known as the parable of the sower. And he starts to explain to them that a farmer goes out to sow the seed and that this really good seed lands on all different kinds of soil, some on the path, some on rocky soil, some on thorny soil, and then some on good ground that bears fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. And he starts to compare that this farmer is God and the seed that is being sown is his words, the message of the kingdom, and that the, the land is our hearts and that we want to sow, uh, we want to have good soil so that this seed can produce fruit. Because what good would it be to go through all the motions of planting Um, you know, all this seed, if only it's a little bit of it is going to bear any kind of fruit. And so Jesus starts to use this analogy. So we're going to read the interpretation that he gives them of this picture in Matthew 13, 18. And then they're going to be bringing a prop out while we read this, but Matthew 13, 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So Jesus is saying, okay, we've got this whole field, all right? And you could compare this excited crowd to this whole group of listeners, okay? And then he says that this word is going out, this seed, so the word, the message of the kingdom is going out, and this group right here, the ones along the path, these are the ones that they never really quite understand it. They're kind of amused by Jesus, but they're like, what? Yeah, so they never really bear any kind of fruit. Nothing really grows. 
Then we have these that are rocky soil, and they're enthusiastic about Jesus, and they love hearing his words. But then trouble and persecution come, and they stop bearing fruit. And so they get taken out of the picture. Then we have thorny ground, and they, again, are enthusiastic. They start out enthusiastic, and the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth get in, and it chokes the word. So now they're not bearing fruit. And then finally, out of this what once was this big, big field, this big, big crowd, we have this last little remnant that they are actually the ones that are going to hear the word, receive it, and actually do it, and not get distracted. And there's some 30, 60, and 100. So a lot of us would like to think that we want to be shooting for 100, right? Now, that leaves a very small portion of this, little this big field and the enthusiastic crowd, a very small portion will actually produce a hundredfold fruit. And so we want to shoot for that. Well, if you want to get to this place, you're not going to do it by just kind of following the crowd. You're going to have to see the big picture. And this is what Jesus is trying to tell them. You're going to have to see the big picture. You have to see life from an eternal standpoint to get to this place and to be shooting for this place. And so Jesus makes it so that we could begin to see the big picture and really want to go after this and not just kind of follow the crowd that's enthusiastic, but really be getting around people that can help us shoot for the same things. And that's going to take some intentionality, isn't it? Well, so in my life, I had always, always, since the day I gave my heart to Jesus, I had always thought, well, I want to be kind of shooting for this hundredfold ground. When I heard the parable of the solar, I wanted to be that person. But I came up into a time in my life where I came into some real trouble. And that trouble offended me really a lot. And I got really mad at God, and I got really mad at Christians. And I thought, you know what? I came to a place I never thought I came to, but I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need to put up with this. I don't need to go through this. I'm walking away from it all. And I had a kind of plan going in my mind. Like, I'm walking it away from it. I don't need this. And you know how Pastor Joe teaches us that the Holy Spirit can speak to our hearts. You know, we don't necessarily always hear an audible voice out of heaven for, from God. I felt like God was speaking to my heart. Well, okay, but then you were just the rocky soil, and you fell away. And I was like, excuse me? Just the rocky soil? Do you realize what I went through? Do you realize how painful it was? Do you realize this, that, and the other? And I just felt like God was kind of nonchalantly saying, yeah, you're rocky soil. And so I had to kind of come to a crossroad time in my life where I would decide, am I falling away because of trouble and persecution, or am I going to still shoot for this? And so I said, all right, Lord, well, what do I need to do? And he said, if you want to shoot for a hundredfold crop, you 100% of the time are going to have to search out for my words in any situation and try your best to do those things that I say. Hear the message of the kingdom and do the message of the kingdom. And if you want to get to the 100%, that's what you shoot to do 24-7, all day long. And going to have to get around people who care about doing that because it isn't going to happen by accident and you're going to need all the help you can get. Is that right? So I was talking to a friend and she had been in ministry in another church and uh, years and years ago. 
about 15 years ago. And she went through some similar type of things that I went through. And so ministers love to talk about our stories. You know, we love that. And her and I just became fast friends. And we were talking about our stories. And, you know, I'm sharing mine. She's sharing hers. But to make it all worse, uh, in her story, she had a situation where, and I, I want to just put this disclaimer out there. Um, I asked her permission if I could tell this story. I don't just want you to think that if you join a connect group, we're just going to hear your story and tell it. Uh, Pastor Joe will get a mic and tell your story and your problems and all that. No. I asked anybody who I'm telling their story, I asked their permission. So anyway, she, um, her and her husband were both in ministry, and he got himself into some trouble um, and moral trouble ethical failures, and she really wanted to work on the marriage, but he did not want to uh, repent. He did not want to work on the marriage. He did not want to change, and so uh, she had scriptural reason, and she was just felt like she was forced to divorce because, you know, she couldn't um, move forward in a healthy way in the marriage. Well, in the particular church family that she belonged to, the one she had been giving out in and serving in, their belief was that if you were divorced, you know, you could not be, you could not minister anymore. And so uh, she lost all of her friends at that point. All of her good Christian friends that she had so faithfully served, they were gone. And, um, and she lost that. And so she became injured and wounded in a way that took her on a 15-year journey um, of being isolated and uh, just kind of as far as she could be from the body of Christ. She was injured. So when we met up, when we were sharing our stories, you know, I said, I said, there's one really big difference I see between the two of us that we, we both felt injured. I said, but in my case, I feel like in a very short time, I became and feel healthier than I've ever been in my whole life. And I said, I think the big difference is I was able to find great Christian friends that would walk me through it and help me through it. And I said, I think that that's the thing that you lacked is you've, you weren't able to find those kind of people. So I put out a dare to her. And I said, I double dog dare you to get involved with my connect group because I knew that the ladies in my group would treat her really, really well. And so she reluctantly said, okay, I, you know, I'll come to your group, but she said, I have to tell you, she said that I cannot tell you that I know for a fact that God loves me. Now, you're not talking to somebody who had not been around in the faith. This woman could quote scriptures probably better than I could. This woman had been on the other end of the desk and the other, other end of the phone helping other people trust in God at one time. It was her injury talking, and she was telling me with all her heart, I don't know if God loves me. So um, I said, all right, well, I, I can't talk you into trusting God, but I said, I can talk you into coming to the group. So she gets into the group, and people just start treating her like gold. I mean, and I knew they would. I just knew they would. Um, and, and so she was kind of quiet there for a little while, and a couple months passed by. And all of a sudden, one day, I just saw this little twinkle in her eyes, and she said, hey, remember how I told you I don't know if God loves you, loves me? I said, yeah. She says, well, I can't really for sure say that anymore. I said, why? She goes, come out here. Takes me in the parking lot, and she shows me this car. Now, she, she had no way to afford this car. She had no way to, um, and she really needed transportation, and she had been praying and praying. 
and she said, God got me this car, put it on the owner's heart to sell me this thing for like, like he gave it away practically. And she was just really excited about what, how God had answered this prayer. So she had this little twinkle in her eyes. And this is kind of how it went for a few more months. You know, she, she was starting to thaw a little bit. And then one day she calls me and she goes, you're not going to believe it. And I said, what? She goes, my ex, you know, the one who never would apologize for anything he ever did ever? She said, he called me and he apologized to me for a whole bunch of stuff that he had done. And I mean, she was, we were both just blown away because that, I mean, God might as well have opened the heavens and dumped out miracles. It would not have been more shocking and stunning. And she came to a place where I could see that she could honestly say, I think God loves me. And it wasn't anything that any of us in the group had done for her. It was just simply we were there walking by her side, trying to show her the love of God that we were learning about, and we could help her and pray with her and stuff. And so um, then I began to see something even more cool about it, is I saw her begin to want to talk about reaching out to others again, because she had been on chill mode for 15 years and not wanting to do that. So um, this is the big idea I want you to think about. It will help you remember what we're talking about. And it is this. Networks are how a net works. You see, as we network together and we uh, form these bonds, we become a net that catches one another, you know? And we get caught in that net if we're having trouble and we don't slip through the cracks, so we end up down there. And then once we're strong, we can then become part of the net that catches others. Networks are how a net works. So they're going to show you a little um, image of a net. And you can see that's just kind of a basic net. You can see that there's a knot in the middle. That knot can be a picture of when we form good, solid friendships of people who are shooting for this, right? Good friendships. And you can see that there's four pieces of rope coming out from each knot. That actually can give us a great illustration of what connect groups can really do for us. And I want to give you a little acronym, and it's called PACT. When we get together and we bond with one another in that knot, uh, this thing called, we make like a pact with one another, and we start giving each other these things that become a net in our lives. So let me tell you what the acronym means. The P stands for prayer. The A stands for accountability. The C stands for community, and the T stands for teaching. And those are four really solid things that you will see that the early church did when they got together, even on a daily basis. Those are four things they did together to help them in a really rough time to become a net so that no one slipped through the cracks. Prayer, accountability, community, and teaching. So let's talk a little bit about the first one, prayer. Prayer is something that is just so cool and I think a lot of times we all feel like we aren't so great at it and we can maybe do better we're embarrassed to pray for you know in front of other people but in my group we had a lady that came um, she came in incredibly injured literally physically and emotionally she had been in a car accident years ago and real real strong Christian woman and been in a car accident and got injured and as a result of the injury she could not work 
the way that she would normally work, and so that created financial difficulties. On top of that, her husband, from the stress of everything and the financial changes and everything, he abandoned her and said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And so this woman went through this physical situation and she went through that em emotional uh, difficulties. And when she came into our group, she was limping, literally. And so, uh, you know, there was nothing any of us could literally do for her other than just say, hey, we care about you, you're not alone, and we'll help you best I can. And she used to kind of sit in the group and say, I, you know, I used to be able to have confidence in God the way the rest of you do, but I don't have that right now. I wish I could be like that, you know. And um, again, we're talking about a person who could quote scripture forward and backwards. So anyway, as time went on, you'd see her just kind of getting that life back in her, but we just did simple praying with her. We just prayed with her. We couldn't fix it for her. We couldn't wow her with these fabulous prayers. We just prayed real simple prayers agreeing with her in prayer. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, and that was what was beginning to happen. So a few months went by and you could see that she was gaining strength and all of that. Well, then she hit a time that kind of seemed real dark, like, oh my goodness, these financial problems are closing in on her. Everything is just closing in on her. It seemed like nothing was going to work. And all of a sudden, God made a way for her to get physical help and emotional help and financial help. It all happened within like a month. And she became so full of strength and so full of excitement that when she came back into the group to tell us about all that had been happening, we gave her the whole group. We didn't even do our book that day. We just let her talk the whole time. And we were all just looking at her like, wow, we wish we could learn what you learned. We were learning from her. So this woman who we were becoming a net for and trying to catch her, she then... Uh, became strong and she became part of the net that could then catch us in some way. So through prayer, simple, simple prayers that we could just pray together, this was beginning to happen. Accountability is another thing that happens in the groups. Uh, we went through the group, uh, the book, Safe People, thinking, oh, well, we'll read this book and we'll learn how to pick better friends that aren't going to just destroy us, you know? <laughs> and what we found as a group is, oh, wait a minute, we're the unsafe people. We're the ones who have to learn how to be safe friends. And we started laughing about it because here we all were getting kind of corrected by the word of God. And it was really cool because there was no condemnation or anything. We really kind of think it's funny that most of us just ended up learning we needed to become safer. Well, there was another lady that once was in one of my groups, and she, oh man, she's one of these people that really wants to go for the 100%, you know, and she has that zeal about her, but there were some areas that she was keeping to herself, kind of hidden from God, like, I, you know, I don't want to really hear what the Bible has to say, I have my own way of doing this, and she was having a lot of stress and anxiety as a result of that. And so um, one day, you know, I, we had gotten to know each other really well, and I said, look, I'm going to be a safe person to you, and I'm going to be a friend to you, and I'm going to tell you that I think the reason you have so much anxiety and distress in this area is because you have these things in your life that you have made up your own rules, and you don't really follow what the Bible says about them, and you've got them over here separate from God. Now, at this point, she could have gotten really mad at me because those were not easy words to ha hear. It wasn't an easy conversation to have. But you know what? She got it. She's like, you're right. You're right. That has nothing to do with the words of God. And that lady turned on a dime. 
I mean, she started changing her ways. And I have never seen anybody who is more full of excitement, joy, energy, and passion than this woman because she made a few simple decisions and accountability helped get her that jump start. Now, community, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit because I think guys are a little bit afraid that, oh, no, they're going to make me try to go into some group where we have to cry and share our feelings. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys can get together and do what guys do, and you guys can do all these things. I don't know if you pass gas or what, but you can do it <laughs> in your groups. Talk about the things guys want to talk about. But there was a young man, and uh, he had... He had lost a bet with his fiance, um, and, and basically the bet was she's like, hey, if we get married, we're going to my church, <laughs> okay? And she happened to come to Believers. So she didn't apparently care that much about the submission scriptures quite yet. And so anyway, so he ended up kind of dragging his feet coming to this church, and he had kind of been a part of a smaller church where he had a lot of friends, so he came here kind of reluctantly. And so, you know, he didn't really know a lot of friends. Well, then some of the guys just invited him to play basketball with them. And all of a sudden, everything started to change for him. He started to look forward to coming to church. They had such a great time playing basketball. They talked about the things guys talk about. They did the things guys like to do. And then I watched him. I mean, he kind of if you see him today, he is all smiles. And I have seen him walk through some really, really tough times recently. And I saw this guy with the biggest smile on his face, steady as can be, but he was connected with people. He had that community around him, and it made all the difference. And he said it just made all the difference in my spiritual life just because I was connected with people who are going for the 100%. Finally, this area of teaching happens, and this is such an important thing because if you're just going with the flow in culture, how much are you going to really learn about the message of Jesus? How much are you really going to learn? I mean, Jesus' message is very profound, and it works in our lives, but it's kind of backwards to the way society thinks. And so it's really important to come on the weekends and get taught. If you don't get taught, if you don't come on the weekends and get taught, you're going to kind of go your own way. And it's very easy to just kind of follow after the things you like, and you lose a really big part of the accountability that actually comes through the teaching of God's Word. So anyway, Toby and Peggy Miller, they came to Believers, and they had actually come from a different denominational setting. So Believers was a very different type of style church for them. And uh, they came and not really knowing the culture here and not really knowing many people here. But one thing they did right away, as soon as they started coming, is they got involved in one of the groups that Pastor Joe and I were doing, and they got to know some other people. And so that group only lasted about uh, 10 weeks or so, but they got to know some people. And then they started to feel kind of good, like, hey, I know some people when I come here. Now, Toby is a real people person and a real extrovert. And, I mean, he just dives in headfirst to everything he does. He got involved volunteering and just knows lots of people. And he started doing group after group. Well, he ended up in Pastor Joe's. One of the groups Pastor Joe was doing at the time was called Disciple. Now, this group was tough stuff. I mean, he put out homework for them. They had reading they had to do. They had assignments to do. And Toby said, you know, it was so great being in with a group of guys that we could talk about applying 
the principles in the Bible to our life and how hard that can be sometimes and how hard it can be as men to apply those things. And he said, we could just get transparent with one another about that, how hard that could be. And he said, it, it was like all of a sudden, these things that I kind of knew were in the Bible, he said, were all of a sudden relevant to my life, my personal life, and I could begin to start applying them. And I mean, if you ever see Toby, Toby is grins from ear to ear. He is all energy. And he said, that teaching that we learned in the group, combined with the, the learning how other people were applying that, was just so helpful for his life. And then serving, let me put a plug in for serving here too because when you serve on a team here, you also get connected with people that are also going for this and you uh, start to also give out from your own talents and gifts and it's a great thing. Peggy is a great example of that. So Toby's wife, Peggy, she is a little bit more quiet, a little bit more shy, not as extroverted as Toby, but she says it used to be when I would come in, I would just kind of sit there and not know a lot of people, but she says now, since I've been in groups, I know people. She said, it's really nice. I really look forward to coming and it's really good. And she's been in a lot of the different groups and but then she started to sign up for volunteering in the coffee team. And she said, you know, sometimes I'll see somebody walk in and they look a little bit down. And she says, I'll just kind of help them with their coffee and give them a smile. And she said, I'll see their whole face change from being kind of down to kind of being, you know, happy. And she goes, I just feel like in my own way, I am doing something for God. And she says, you can't believe how much that means to me. And I want to say, yeah, I can believe how much that means for you because when we get caught by the net and get in relationship with people, then we become part of the net. And it's a wonderfully fulfilling thing. So we talk about how networks are how a net works. And there are some of you that I imagine are sitting here thinking, hey, wait a minute, I have already got a great relationship with God. I have devotionals every day. I have great Christian friends who inspire me to do this. And I want to talk to you for a minute because I know your time is valuable and precious. And I know that for you, it's not an easy sell to come and do more. But let me say this. You are the very type of person that Jesus went after when he came to the earth. Jesus did not go to those who felt they were called to full-time ministry. He, went, he didn't go to the religious elite. He went to the ordinary guys. Do you know that at least four of the 12 apostles that he went to were fishermen with fish guts under their nails? And it could have even been as high as seven of them that did that. So a good percentage of them were fishermen, just regular, ordinary guys. Another one, Matthew, he was actually just steeped in sin. He was just a sinful person. And some of you may relate to that and just think, I, I'm too messed up to really be helping anybody or thinking about any of that. But Matthew was called of Jesus to be part of his elite 12. And then there was Simon the Zealot, who was actually kind of a political guy, and he had his own passions, and he was going after his own thing. And Jesus said, Simon, leave that passion over there and come become a fisher of men. And Jesus took these 12 and then the many that gathered around those 12 in his day, and he said, I'm going to teach you to become fisher, fishers of men. Now, do you know the way they fished in those days was not like, you know, with the pole and all of that. They had these big nets, and they would drag the nets uh, and catch the fish. Well, a good portion of their time was spent cleaning and repairing those nets. And so for those of you who, you know, you feel like you're kind of doing your own thing, let me say that a big part of becoming 
uh, fishers of men in fulfilling the Great Commission is actually being part of the net and repairing the net and helping people to not fall through the cracks. That's a really big part of what we are all called to do. And so as we see the big picture, we don't just see our own life, we see the big picture that God asks us to be part of this huge network, which is how a net works, and he's asking us to be a part of that. So one of the things we're gonna do just as we close up is I'm gonna take a minute and I'm gonna go through these connect groups that we have out there. And um, we are so excited about the offering of groups that we have because, you know, if you, if you start a group and, and you try it out and you wanna try something different, there's a lot of variety here uh, throughout the different semesters. So I wanna kind of go through that with you. But first of all, BC Nights is gonna be starting up in March. That means that on Wednesday nights, we all gather here, we get some coffee, we come on in, we do worship together, and then we break out to do our different groups. On that night, there is a class called Next. Every other Wednesday night, there is a class called Next. And if you're kind of newer here or you've been here a while and you just don't know what your next steps are here, you go to that one-time class and it'll tell you all about all the different options that are available to you. But there's water baptism, there's volunteering, it'll tell you all about the church and, and it'll be really helpful to you. The BC Bible Study, which Pastor Bill leads, and he has all these amazing teachers. They put their whole heart into putting these amazing teachings together. This semester, they're going to be going through Pastor Joe's Extreme Makeover book, where they teach you all the ways to pray in the New Testament all the ways that you can pray, and it's a really simple system that you will remember forever. And all of a sudden, you'll come out of this with a knowledge of how to pray that'll just astound you, and that's awesome. Biblical Foundations by uh, Pastor Albert, Albert Crosby. Now, Pastor Albert has pastored his own church. Here he is teaching. I mean, he is like teaching gold over here, and he is hilariously funny. He makes everything very interesting, but he's teaching a foundational class, and I'm gonna tell you, even if you kind of think you know the foundations, it's actually doing the foundational things that we have the hard time with. So I'll tell you, if I had the time, I would get into this class. It is going to be so good. But going over the foundations is something we should all do every once in a while. Boundaries, phenomenal leader, Gina Caminetti. This is for women. If you cannot say no, I want you come to my class. I'm going to teach you how to say no. Um, Celebrate Recovery, Luther Stubbs. He is an awesome guy. He has so much experience with helping people break free of addiction. He has a great sense of humor, great upbeat personality. He'll do that with such kindness. Um, celebrate Recovery, get into that. Diabetes One Support Group, Clint and Kristen Moore, really down-to-earth people that if you have a family member or a loved one, you're walking through this diabetes situation, they'll walk right side-by-side side with you and make it a real, real friendly group of friends. Divorce care, Rand and Carol. Rand and Carol, been there, done that with divorce, come out on the other end, living, breathing, smiling, all of the above. They are awesome, and they will help you to do the same. Experiencing God by Glenn Cromley. Now, Glenn, he has been around in Christ. This guy always has a big smile on his face. No matter all the stuff he has gone through in his life, he's always got a smile. This guy will show you how that's done, because if you can get that right, that's a good thing to get right. You want to you catch that from him. Um, Financial Peace University by Dave Lewis uh, leading that. Um, Dave Ramsey's financial course. Pastor Joe and I went through that a few years ago. It is life-changing, and... Everybody should go through that one time or another. 
How to develop a lifestyle of worship. Brandon Estelle, who knows a little something about worship, our worship leader. If you can get into the practice of worshiping God throughout your day, throughout your week, it will absolutely change your life. You'll, you will be a much more joyful person. Israel by Jim Nadel. Um, you see so much going on in the news today, and Israel is everywhere. Did you know the Bible has tons to say about all of this? Get in that class. You'll see how the dots connect to now. Marriage, Dom and Tony D'Annunzio. Um, who of us can't do better in that area? I think everybody ought to get into a marriage class once in a while, brush up. Even if you're engaged, that is a great class to do. Um, Dom and Tony do a knockout job in that class. The Daniel Plan, Jill Gunther is leading that. That's just on how to live a healthier lifestyle. We could all do better with that. And that so impacts our spiritual life because if we don't feel good, we don't act good. <laughs> and so feeling good is really good. Understanding faith, Rick Fritz. Rick Fritz has also been a pastor, and here he is teaching gold teaching one of our connect groups. And I have never seen a man have more miracles happen in his life than Rick. I would get into that class just to hear about it all, but he'll tell you how to work the word so that you're seeing this in your life too. Um, a woman's group by Mary Bush. Mary is in my group, and she is an amazing person. She is so compassionate, so friendly, so funny. They have had excellent, excellent um, times in their group, and, and their curriculum is outstanding. Young adult men, Matt Wilden is gathering you. Get to know some people in your age and stage. It'll be great. Matt is a great guy. Uh, young adult moms, Andrea Pekarovich, who did the uh, video. What a great girl. What a great thing to get with other moms when you're going through that stage of life. The Sunday group um, fellowship by Tim and Elaine Turos. Tim and Elaine, they do this stuff. They do this stuff and they'll help you do it. Make some great friendships with them. Basketball group, Steve D'Annunzio is leading that. And again, guys, they love to get together and do that stuff and sweat and all that. And somehow it makes it just spiritual. I don't know. Something good comes out of it all. Tuesday daytime prayer, Tony D'Annunzio is uh, leading that. She is my personal prayer partner. She prays heaven down like no one else. You want to get in that if you can. Young adult women, Kristen Okerlin, who is just a blast. Young adult women who've gotten connected that way have such a great group of friends. Join Kristen's group. Holy Spirit one. Now, if you have not been yet filled with the Holy Spirit, um, this is the class you want to get in. There's a Holy Spirit one and a Holy Spirit two class. Get into them. Uh, you will see how much the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you and direct you. I mean, Pastor Bill does a knockout job with that. Um, Thursday groups, Cooking 101 by Ann Baycorn. Now, I am retired from cooking, but some of you need to start doing more of it. Ann is going to teach you how to do it. And um, there is a Thursday Holy Spirit 2 group. Saturday group, grief recovery for those of you women who have lost somebody. We, we meet on Saturday nights at Panera after church. Come be with me. Um, movies, Steve D'Annunzio and Dave Caminetti for the guys getting together, knowing some other guys, doing stuff guys love to do, watching movies. Boom, boom, bang, bang, all that kind of stuff. Um, no chick flicks allowed. Um, foodies, our most popular BC group. Foodies, we have to have four different sets of leaders for this because we have so many sign up. But you will meet so many great people just relaxing over dinner with them. And finally, I just want to mention the Big Brother, Big Sister program. Pastor Joe and I this March are coming up on our fourth year being Big Brother and a Big Sister to some younger guys, uh, kids, and we love them. And I don't know who's been impacted and changed more, them or, or us. We are so touched by it. They've just become part of our family. 
Um, for those of you who are at the agent stage where you would like to, to learn more about that, come and see me. I'll be at my table, and, uh, and we'll talk about what steps you can take if you're interested, okay? Well, let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have helped us today to see a bigger piece of the picture. Help us to see the big picture so that we can do meaningful things with our lives. I ask that you would speak to each one of us. Help us to know what's our next step so that the very heavens will be opened up to add to our joy, peace, and power in our lives. Help us know, help us know how to connect better and to, to become part of that net as well to help others be caught. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I do want to ask if there's anybody in this room that you kind of relate. When I was talking about that first kind of ground, uh, that those who they kind of heard the words of Jesus, they knew about Jesus, but they really didn't understand that Jesus really loved to go after people with fish guts under their nails, and, and he wanted to just make something wonderful of their lives and make them into this network that, that catches people, make them fishers of men, even if they were real imperfect. Jesus wants to go after you, and, and maybe you feel like you're more ready to make a decision today to, to really let Jesus come into your life and lead you that way. And that is something that he has made it so that you don't have to learn to be all polished up and cleaned up before you come to him. You can come to him right the way you are, and he'll do the rest. He'll, you give your life to him, he'll do the rest. He'll lead you and guide you into a great path. And so if that is you, there's a real simple way that you can do that, and you can just pray with us. We're going to pray right now. Everybody in here is just going to repeat a prayer after me. If it's you and you have not yet done that, but you want to do it, just pray that prayer with us and meet it from your heart, and you will have eternal life. You will go to heaven when you die. You will have salvation through Jesus Christ. And so let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you sent him to die for me on the cross. Jesus, thank you for taking my sin away. Save my soul. I give my life to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.